Thank you. Today is October 29th, 2023. We are reading from the big book of AA, pages 81, starting with our design for living, up to and including page 82, The Alcoholic is Like. Lynn will be our reader, and it will be followed by a 20-minute share by Nancy J. Lynn, please read. Okay, good morning. Our design for living is not a one-way street. It is as good for the wife as for the husband. If we can forget, so can she. It is better, however, that one does not needlessly name a person upon whom she can vent jealousy. Perhaps there are some cases where the utmost frankness is demanded. No outsider can appraise such an intimate situation. It may be that both will decide that the way of good sense and loving kindness is to let bygones be bygones. Each might pray about it, having the other one's happiness uppermost in mind. Keep it always in sight that we are dealing with that most terrible human emotion, jealousy. Good generalship may decide that the risk, no, decide that the problem be attacked on the flank rather than risk a face-to-face -face combat. If we have no such complication, there is plenty we should do at home. Sometimes we hear an alcoholic say that the only thing he needs to do is, keep, is to keep sober. Certainly he must keep sober for there will be no home if he doesn't, but he is yet a long way from making good to the wife or parents whom for years he has so shockingly treated. Passing all understanding is the patients, mothers and wives have had with alcoholics. Had this not been had this not been so, many of us would have no homes today, would perhaps be dead. The alcoholic is like a tornado roaring his way through the lives of others. Hearts are broken, sweet relationships are dead, affections have been uprooted, selfish and inconsiderate habits have kept the home in turmoil. We feel a man is unthinking when he says that sobriety is enough. He is like the farmer who came up from out of his cyclone cellar to find his home ruined. To his wife, he remarked, don't see anything the matter here, Ma. Ain't it grand the wind stopped blowing? Thank you, Lynn. Now we will have a 20-minute share by Nancy J. Nancy, would you like me to time you or can you time yourself? I'll, I'll time myself. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, Nancy. Go ahead, please. Thank you. My name is Nancy J. And I live in Geneva, Illinois. That's one hour west of Chicago. And uh, I'm so happy to be here. And uh, I read over 
the passage that was just read and I could relate to some of it and some of it I could not relate to. And I'm going to explain that. I'll start out telling a little bit about uh, my childhood and how I became a member of, of OA. I was born in Brooklyn, New York into a traditional Jewish family. And I had an older brother, mother and a father, aunts, uncles, cousins, grandparents, big extended Jewish family. And looking back, these were wonderful people, very loving, very kind. And uh, there were certain branches of the family that were Orthodox, but our family, we were just what I think would be called cultural Jews. We celebrated the holidays. We were proud to be Jewish. But there was no praying going on in the home at all. I've never seen a member of my family pray or even talk about praying if troubles came. But we were proud Jews. I was bas mitzvahed. My brother was bar mitzvahed. My, mo my mother belonged to the Jewish temple. And as a matter of fact, I remember her raising money to, for trees in Israel. Unfortunately, my mother died of breast cancer when I was nine years old. And that was traumatic. But then my father, who was a lawyer, a wonderful man, he remarried. And that wife, my stepmother, died of cancer when I was a senior in high school. And these cancers involved amputations. So it was very traumatic to grow up with that situation. And I was not a heavy child at all. I was a slender child. But I had a lot of oral obsessions, nail biting, thumb sucking, but no food obsession. But I eventually went to college, met a wonderful man in a singles bar when I was 22 years old in Manhattan, the first singles bar called Fridays. I met him that night when I was 22. He proposed a week later, and now we're married 55 years. And we have three adult children, all great kids, seven grandchildren, wonderful grandchildren, and three great-grandchildren now. And the reason I talk a little more than I normally do about my family is because page, the bottom of 81, which is what we're discussing today, and page 82 is about how did my compulsive overeating, which started when I started to have children, how did this terrible disease impact my family? What damage did it do? And now what should I do about it? So it's a very interesting question. My compulsive overeating started when I started to have children and once I started to have children, got pregnant and had my three children, and, and they were uh, three years apart, the three of them. 
all of a sudden I'm a hundred pounds overweight. I'm eating huge quantities of food. It's like a switch went off in my head. Why that happened, I will never know. But I found that I was home with children. I became addicted to soap operas. I became addicted to reading romance novels. I was just happy if I had lots and lots of food in the house, all kinds of what I now would think of as alcoholic foods. And it became a lifestyle, a way of self-soothing. Does it go back to the trauma of my childhood? It probably does. But once that switch was flipped, nothing could seem to unflip it. And I tried many, many things. Uh, I've tried all the typical weight loss type efforts we've all made. I probably tried 10 different things. And uh, I would gain 105 pounds, lose 105 pounds, gain 110 pounds, lose 110 pounds. And my husband, his name is Walter, was wonderful throughout this lifetime struggle, this adult lifetime struggle, no matter what I look like, no matter what I weighed, he was a very loving man, very accepting man. And uh, today he says, Nancy, being married to you is like being married to 10 different women. Because he was married to a woman that he never knew what the size and shape was going to be. But, you know, looking back, as wonderful as he was about it all, I asked myself, well, how did it affect him? Now I'm looking at page 82. And page 82, the top of page 82, talks about couples where there might have been affairs. There were no affairs in our marriage. There was kindness in our marriage. I was married to a very kind man. But there was no shocking treatment of him, which comes up in the middle of page 82. And I was not a tornado roaring through the lives of my family, but did I damage my family? And this assignment of speaking about page 82 made me think about that. What about people like me who had a very long, loving marriage and a wonderful family? And I went on to be a lawyer with the support of my husband. I went to law school and I just retired from a career 33 years as a partner in a, in a management side employment law firm. Again, with the tremendous support of my husband and I don't mean financial support, I mean emotional support, that he believed in me. He's the one that encouraged me to go to law school. So how does page 82 apply to that fact pattern? Well, I was oversensitive. 
I was fearful. I had a lot of anxiety. And I really didn't have the, the, the tools to know how to deal with life when it got to be a high anxiety situation with myself or my husband or my children. The things, the natural things that come with life, the challenges that come with everyday life, I overreacted. And that's compared to today. Now, I've lost 105 pounds. I've kept it off for eight years due to OA, which is a miracle because I've never been able to maintain a weight loss before. But now I've had eight years of very comfortable sobriety. I've never had a closet filled with clothes that they're all the same size. But even more than these wonderful physical benefits of having one size clothes, one size bra, one size shoe, one size jewelry, the joy of that. What I realized, the real gift of the program for me, and I was an agnostic and I probably still am an agnostic intellectually, but the way I live, I have a design for living and they talk about that back on page 81 at the bottom, our design for living. That's really what we have in this program is a beautiful design for living. And now when life gets tough and I have anxiety, I have fear, what do I do? I use the program, I use step 10. I use step 11, the, those beautiful prayers. And even though I may not have an intellectual belief in God, I live as though God is with me all the time. As I walk around my home, I make my bed. I thank God for giving me the willingness to make my bed. I thank God for the willingness to take a bath, to go to the dentist, to go to the doctor. And so this program has given me that. And at the bottom of 82, where it says, we feel a man is unthinking when he says sobriety is enough. If all that I had was the ability to lose 105 pounds and keep it off, I don't know how much that would impact my family. But I do know my family and this is when I say my family, I mean my husband, my children, their spouses, their extended family, their children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren. And now we're talking about impacting many, many people with my behavior. Because of this program, I have peace. When things pop up and they're difficult, I immediately turn to the big book. I can't tell you how many times I look at the bottom of page 62 and the top of 63, and I read those words. God is my employer. Let God take over. Give the problem to God. The ability to do that has brought me such peace of mind. And it gives me a, what to do 
when things get rough in life, and they do get rough and scary for everybody. I want to read an inscription from a plaque on Dr. Bob's desk. Dr. Bob, one of the co-founders of AA. This to me describes my gift, if you'd want to call it that, my amends to my family for my behavior over the years before I had the piece of this program. When I was a mother and a wife who was oversensitive, overreactive, took things personally, isolated where I wouldn't want to go to social events. I wasn't conscious of it at the time, but I didn't go to certain social events involving bathing suits and beaches and boats and things that a, a woman who's over 100 pounds overweight, you don't want to go to those things. I want to read what Dr. Bob had on his desk because it so much applies to my situation. It's called humility. Humility is perpetual quietness of the heart. It is to have no trouble. It is never to be fretted or vexed, irritable or sore, to wonder at nothing that is done to me, to feel nothing done against me. And here's the part that really goes into my heart and into my soul. It is to be at rest when nobody praises me. And when I am blamed or despised, it is to have a blessed home in myself where I can go in and shut the door and pray to my father in secret and be at peace as in a deep sea of calmness when all around me and about is seeming trouble. My, my husband, Walter, when I say to him, Walter, do you mind if I go to the OA birthday party? I have to fly from Chicago to Los Angeles and spend four or five days there. Do you mind if I go? He looks at me and he says, Nancy, do what helps you. When I say to him, and I used to say to him before COVID, Walter, I'm going to another face-to-face -face meeting tonight after work. I won't be home till 10 or 11 o'clock tonight. Do you mind if I go? I know I've been out every night this week. He'd look at me and say, Nancy, do what helps you. How can you repay somebody with that kind of love? I've been very blessed. I had a lot of trauma as a child and I feel like I'm healing now through this program. And when it says at the bottom of 82, selfish and inconsiderate habits have kept the home in turmoil. Turmoil might be too strong a word for my particular situation, but I know that having a mother, and, and this, I'm still a mother. I'm a mother, a grandmother, and a great-grandmother, and a wife. The ability to be able to not take things personally, the ability to be calm, even when life is tough, the ability to have faith. The gift of a spiritual life 
to a person who is agnostic. I can't explain how much that has helped me and therefore has really helped my family and all the people I'm connected to. I think right now is a good time to pass. I want to thank you so much for the opportunity to speak to you today. With that, I pass. Thank you.